Welcome to another episode of Consider This. We are glad that you're joining us and uh, really hope that you see this as part two of uh, a two-part podcast in which we're dealing with kind of the overarching idea would be the exclusive claims that Jesus makes on his, his creation, on the issues of salvation and all of that. That's kind of where that came from. Um, we basically felt the need to address this in a longer context because in the middle of our Acts series, um, well, no, in the beginning of our Acts series, uh, we read this text in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, that salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name given to men. Um, under heaven by which we uh, must be saved. And that is just one of those texts that seems to point rather clearly, rather um, uh, strongly at the exclusive claims of Jesus Christ on that. And so that's what we're in. We're back in the studio. Um, and we're with those that were with us last week, even though it might look a little different. Um, uh, we're, we're trying to be not only pleasing to the ear, but <laughs> pleasing to the eye. Mm-hmm. There's so many things not good with what you just said. No, I think it's good. Um, and so we have uh, some of our uh, best-looking staff here today. And so same that are in the studio, Ryan, Vincent, uh, Justin Ebert, and Mac Johnson. Grateful for that. Um, and so, and so we're, we're using as kind of like the jumping-off point the idea uh, that many of us have probably seen uh, being boldly displayed around town on the back of vehicles, um, the coexist bumper sticker, which is implying something. And uh, I think Steve, with his magic wonders, is now showing it on the screen. But uh, for those of you that are listening, I just need you to either, you know, when you have a chance and you stop driving and you download this or um, you find a car that has it, it's basically the word coexist, but it's using symbols from different religions. And uh, and before we kind of break open uh, what the Christian worldview is, on the, the things that we discussed last week um, uh, in regards to like origins and standards and uh, the, the idea of progression or salvation and then an ultimate destination. Um, I, th- I thought I'd just explain what the bumper sticker is. So it's got a C in the shape of the, uh, of, of the, of the Muslim, um, what's it the called? Crescent. The crescent, yes, the crescent, moon, the crescent moon. And so you have that, that's the C, and then you have the peace sign for the O. You have an E with the symbol of both male and female, so the idea of men and women. Um, then you have, it's really not an X, but it's the Star of David representing Judaism. Then you have an I, and on top of that I, you have kind of a Wiccan, pagan-type symbol. You then have the, uh, the, the Taoist or the Confucius, the yin and the yang, which kind of symbolizes the S. And then you have the T, which is in the shape of a cross representing Christianity. And in that coexist bumper sticker, they're basically saying, hey, I know there are all these different world religions. Let's just get along and celebrate um, what we share in common. And we we said, hey, listen, like before, and that bumper sticker has always driven me crazy because I get what they're, I get what they're really trying to insinuate. And I don't know if I agree with a lot of it, but if I stopped, I thought, wow, there is some stuff that we agree with. And Ryan and uh, Mac, you broke that open last week, and I thought that was really helpful. Um, we're, we're not going to be able to kind of even recap that. So go back and listen to that podcast again if you're wondering what it, uh, it has um, in common with us, what other religions have in common with, with Christianity. But we're going to say, hey, all of that being true, there's a lot that this bumper sticker does not understand. Um, in terms of what it's insinuating. So let's begin. I'm going to ask Justin, um, you heard Ryan describe the Roman world, Mac described the present world. What, how, how do Christians look at those major four topics or issues that every world religion tries to address? Yeah, so the frames are what's the beginning, the origin, what's the standard, and what's the process through which we move to a preferred future, and that future being either 
the preferred, the good version, or something worse, something bad, and that everybody has a belief about those things. Yeah. So yeah. for Christians, we believe that the origin is that there was God. There's this eternal being, and that was it. And then out of nothing, he created, and he started, and he pushed into existence all things, and that uniquely he created humanity in his image. And so that's kind of the basic premise through which we see um, all other things. That's what we believe Moses is trying to communicate in the beginning of Genesis, the book that we um, hold to be true, which a lot of this is going to come from. I'm not going to use text for everything, but I'm going to theologize what we believe to answer those questions, that there is an eternal God, that he created all things out of nothing, and that he uniquely created humanity in his image, to bear his image in this world, to proclaim his glory and his creation. And outside the scope of what we're trying to deal with here, um, but to be aware of it, we're not talking about a generic life force, i.e. God. So Christianity has a specific, they even have a specific name for him that we actually share with Judaism. Mm -hmm. Um, But God revealed his name and his name is Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So that God is not just, yeah, yeah, we all believe in God. Yeah, no, 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 we really don't. Um, We may believe in some of the similar attributes of God, but Christianity has a very specific understanding of Mm -hmm. the the divine. And and it's not one God among many. It is an an exclusive. There is, is, yeah, you shall not worship any other gods, and that's not to say that there are other gods. Which which the C and the X and the T have, Mm -hmm. and the other ones do not. Sure. So there's the the difference or the distinction. And that leads directly into the second subset, so... That's the origin. And then the standard that which we believe is that God is also holy and perfect. And therefore, his standard yeah. is holy and perfect. Okay? A holy and perfect God has a holy and perfect standard. Okay, And that, par- that can be summed up in that he alone is worthy of our worship. Okay, He's the only one to be worshipped. And then that we are to um, provide for, care for, protect, love people. That's how we could sum up the standard of God, that he alone is God. There is no other God, and that he is worthy of our worship, and that out of that comes a love, a protection for people. We see that old and new through, through the scriptures. Um, that's one of the distinct beliefs of ours. Um, but then that leads directly into another unique belief of Christianity. Well, hold, that, hold on one second here. You know what's interesting is, is that you describe that standard and— um, See, a lot of people think that Christians have their, you know, that's what you believe, or that's your standard. But really what we're saying is, is that, no, this was given to us. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's this isn't what we decided, no. this isn't what we wanted. Again, you may not, others who disagree with Christianity as being, like, from the divine, but truly the standard was given to us. This mm-hmm. is not something we want, this is not something we created. We would even argue, although we're interpreting it, we're interpreting an objective revelation that was given to us by God, right? Mm -hmm. So that's important to remember. The artist has authority over (laughs) the the artwork to describe (laughs) that and give meaning Mm -hmm. to that. The writer has authority over what he has written. The creator, therefore, has (laughs) um, authority and a standard for which he places on his creation. And we believe that that is good and perfect and holy. We don't believe it's just arbitrary and God will change that based on his mood. We believe that he does not change, that he is a good, perfect, just, holy God. And And it's also worth mentioning that it's not just like we're not just getting this from Exodus and and Leviticus and Deuteronomy. It's not as though we look at what's known as the Mosaic law and say, there is the standard. 
we look at the Mosaic, Mosaic Law and say this is one of those moments mm -hmm. in history where God yep. communicated to humanity things about a standard which existed even before that point. Like mm -hmm. it, he had a, there, there was a standard of holiness and righteousness prior to Moses going up on Mount Sinai. And that standard is based in his character. Yes. So I like, Justin, you said it's not arbitrary. Um, so what, what the Christians believe and have believed for 2,000 years, um, and I would say we share this with Judaism, um, I'll probably even share this with a lot with Islam, but that there is a divine standard that is rooted in the character of the divine. Yeah, which yeah. many many scholars would say that that's what the Mosaic Law actually does yep. in many ways, is it, is it exposes or reveals the character of the God who gave it. Yep. Yep. And so then, actually building off that, it not only exposes the character of God, it exposes the problem, which yeah. we believe mm -hmm. to be yep. part of, very interrelated with the standard, the process with the future, okay? So the problem is that we, as in the people in this room, and all people actually who have ever existed, except one, have broken that standard of God. Right. The holy and perfect God had a holy and perfect standard, and every person, all people, have fallen short of that standard. We call it sin. It can be called evil or immorality or wickedness or whatever. But that's what we call it, and that there's this broken thing, and therefore, because of that brokenness, the future that we have is death. That God's creation was actually, it was good, it was perfect, and then sin broke that, distorted that, and it actually broke the image of God within people, mm -hmm. okay? And then here's, okay, so it's broken. The other distinct is that we can't fix that, okay? Me being good enough or kind enough or smart enough um, moral enough, I cannot fix what has been broken. Mostly my like brokenness with God, that God and I have a relationship and that some level like that has a, a, a problem now, a brokenness to it. Mm -hmm. okay, we see that in the initial story where Adam and Eve are in the garden in communion with God and then he sends them out. Okay, there's something that has now changed because of sin. Can you explain a little bit of why that, why just doing good doesn't take away bad. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because if I was just, if I was in, in just thinking like anybody else, I would say, well, no, good counteracts bad. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in debt, but enough work? profitability over time will get me out of debt. Right, so what, what keeps Christians from tr behaving and thinking that way? Sure, so we, I mean, I think we would say that most, if not all other worldviews or lenses through which um, people see the world and answer these questions would say that at some level, the way that you get to the prefer preferred future, the good place would be to be good, to um, leave a legacy better than you found it, to um, ultimately leave things better than you found things now, whether that's your house, this world, whatever, okay? Truth, expand truth, find more true things. Um, and we, we just don't believe that a holy and perfect God sees that as an acceptable substitution. That if God is just, if God is holy, and we have done things that are against that, okay, we've done things to rebel against a holy and perfect God, we have been cut off from the source of life. Not only is he the creator of all things, he's the sustainer of all things. Mm -hmm. And it is God alone, God alone who has a... Um, a say in our life now and what we believe, okay, another distinctive belief, not just of Christianity, but part of Christianity, that there is an existence after this life. 
that when Mac takes his final breath, that is not all there is. If if that happens now, that would be both dramatic and a great illustration. But we would mourn <laughs> for you and celebrate your life. Yeah. yeah. We'd so. finish the podcast first. Yes. So nothing would change. Can you please move really? his body to the side? <laughs> Steve. Steve, could you help us? Um, we, we think. We just want to pause to thank Steve for all he does. He does great work. He puts um, up with a lot. And that, truly, there is an existence after, and that God alone has a say in that. And that, truly, all people have broken that, and it's God who determines that, and that we cannot, like, have a, a scale somehow. There's not this eternal scale, like, on The Good Place, if you've watched that of you, the things, good things you've said, the good thing you've done, outweighing the bad things you've said or bad thing you've done. Because the Bible seems to say no one will actually do that, number one. That, that's, you may think that's a theoretical, but no one will actually outdo their bad things with good things. That's yep, not yep. a possible thing. No one is righteous, no, not one. So those things aren't, what you're saying is those things aren't operating in the same scale. Sure. That, that, that bad, it means that We've transgressed, which means we know what we should have done. We didn't do it. And there's nothing that we can do to kind of counteract that idea because God is just, which means he can't yes. just allow that to happen. It's not just bad, but it's broken. Okay. It's broken yeah. and we can't put it back together. Yeah. It's not just bad and the scale has been tipped. Like yeah. things were even initially and then, gosh, we just keep doing stupid stuff. But now that we're smarter and more advanced, we're trying to tip the scale back the other we way. We broke the scale. Yes. <laughs> the scale has been broken and we cannot be smart enough or good enough to put the scale yeah. back together and make it t uh, tip in our favor. So it is God. And so if God is the only one who can determine that um, and we at some level don't have hope because we can't do it then what is interesting about Christianity, we can't do it, we can't be good enough, but yet God, out of his kindness, out of his goodness, was willing to take on our brokenness. Mm -hmm. Okay, A perfect, holy God was willing to take on our brokenness. So that's why the cross is such an interesting symbol. The cross is an interesting symbol because it represents a death. We believe that because of our brokenness, we deserved a death. We've been cut off from the life-giving and sustaining God. And that he, instead of choosing to kill us, to destroy us and start all over, was patient with us, mm -hmm. was patient with us. And then he took on that brokenness. Yeah. He took on sin. And that's the message of the cross that Jesus came, put on flesh and took on our sin upon himself. And then not only that, he took on our sin and then he gave us his goodness. Right. Think about that transfer. Not only was God willing to be patient with us, mm -hmm. not only was he willing to fix the brokenness and mm -hmm. then to take it upon himself, but then to give us something, his goodness. And so yeah. he no longer sees us in our brokenness or in our badness, but he sees like the perfect work of Jesus, who is God in the flesh. That's with one of the things I love to point out whenever people get frustrated about our doctrines of original sin or original guilt, where we say, because Adam sinned, we are all now broken and 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 just uh, we, we fall short of the standard with no no option to do otherwise because of Adam's um, transgression. And like that just doesn't seem fair that Adam like God takes what Adam did and it kind of ripples down through everybody. And I'm like, I don't know if that's fair, but I'm kind of glad that God works that way because with Jesus, He did the same thing. He took yeah, one man's action, all. one man's righteousness, and gave it to many. So. Sure, you can complain about the fairness, but I kind of like that the economy works that way. See, and, and, and what the coexist sticker is basically saying is that, hey, these things are relatively all the same. And it's failing to recognize that, man, the differences may be 
like more important um, mm-hmm. than yeah. anything else. Like it's it's not fair to any of the. I, I would even say this. I could stand back and just go as a human. I don't think it's fair to speak of any of those religious structures and say the things that matter the most to you really don't matter. That like, seems slightly arrogant. It seems arrogant to to say that, that, which is what the sticker is saying. The sticker is saying, "Hey, let's let's find the least common denominator." And I'm going, "But what if the least common denominator is something that's really not the centerpiece of what we believe?" Yeah. And so I think that's where you get into some serious trouble. So going back to like what you were just getting all excited, I just like like watching Justin get all excited. Can you believe Jesus did this? And I'm going, see, that's the fundamental difference. Buddha left us a teaching. Uh, Muhammad left us a book. Jesus gave us his righteousness. Those aren't, I mean, again, you might, might, they're, they're not even, yeah, they can't be, they, in some sense they can be compared, but only that one is fundamentally different. Jesus didn't give us a teaching. That's why Jesus even says one greater than Moses is now here. So sure, if you want to compare Moses to Muhammad and Moses to Buddha, I would go sure. Like they're yeah. all human, and they all were they all kind of are describing mm-hmm. a way. Now here mm-hmm. are the differences. Like God spoke directly to. Um, I would argue, but then Jesus comes along, and and he's a game changer. Sure, it's so it's not only the distinctiveness that God has given us His righteousness in and through the work of Jesus, but now He's given us an ongoing presence to give us the ability now to meet his standard. Before, we literally could not meet his standard. God laid it out for for the Israelites. He laid it out. This is who I am, and this is what I expect. And every single one of them, and them as a whole, failed to meet it. And God was pretty clear, someday I'm going to make something happen. Okay, this is Jeremiah 31. I'm going to give something new, a new covenant in which my spirit will come and dwell upon my people. And in Acts 2, that's what we see, that the Holy Spirit has now come, which Jesus said would happen, and now indwells within us, that God not only has given us his righteousness, but he's given us his presence to where now we can actually meet that standard. And not perfectly, okay? We don't at this time meet perfectly the standards of God, but he sees and looks upon us as Christ, as he looks upon Christ. Yeah, what Jesus has done Which for is us. so not like anything else out there. Yeah. And so we have the origin of this eternal God who made everything out of nothing and made us in his image. And then this perfect holy standard, which we broke and distorted that image within us. And then um, that future that now we all have to look forward to is death and destruction and decay. And there's nothing we could do to fix that. Mm-hmm. But God inter- intervened. Okay, and he said the way, the only way, not one of the ways, the only unique way in which people can be brought into the preferred future, yeah. into a future with me in my presence where all things are restored, where you have a new life now and a life eternal is through the person and work of Jesus in attaching us, attaching ourselves to his work. That, so that's just, that is unlike. Game, it's, it, it truly is. I mean, honestly, the, the part is, is that, that becomes a game changer for for Christians. And every every I would even argue every one of these religions has a game changer. Yeah. Right? So the the those of the Islamic faith, they have a game changer. It's like, no, if you take that away, you can't you can't still be Muslim. Like there are yeah. unique yeah. things to this that if you reduce it and you take that away in its reduction, you no longer have that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, one great quote, and I, I believe it's Ravi Zacharias who's quoting Malcolm Mulgridge. Um, 
but classic. And, and, and one of the things, yeah, exactly. And one of the things that I, I love, he says, yeah, all these things are the same, except for their doctrines of creation, God, heaven, hell, self, <laughs> and salvation. Um, you know, and, and I, I think I would include Jesus there. And I'm going, okay, but that means that there really isn't much yeah. that is the same. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of, I'm all for, if that sticker is saying, hey guys, we owe it to each other as we live on this planet to treat each other with kindness and with um, with respect and sure. with certain attitudes of tolerance, um, sure. No argument. But that only aligns with the Christian and the Confucian and the Jewish idea. <laughs> um even that's not a universal. Exa- no, but yeah, I totally agree. Not. But that's that's why I think it's kind of funny is that the coexist sticker is from another worldview that says, "Hey, if I can pick and choose from your religious systems, which I really don't believe in anyway, yeah. I want to pick and choose these things. And if you all follow my system, we'll all get along. Now there's if new, you agree a new with one me, way. Yeah, yeah, it's a new one way. And so I find that to be that's I think that's what the sticker yeah. blows. Mm. So you know, ultimately, and we're not the only ones, but ultimately, we, we just believe we're right. We're right. We have this book. This book is from God. Um, we don't understand it perfectly, but we understand it enough. And it says God is the only way and Jesus is the only way. Yeah. And that's what this sticker gets wrong. So how do you feel about that? We're right. You're wrong. Yeah. The rest of the world kind of says, um, who do you think you are? <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. How dare you? How dare you? I think that when you look at it, just at surface level, okay, there is quality to the question. It's a good question to sure, ask sure. because because I think the answer provides a fruitful response. Yeah. And so the question itself is beneficial. So I wouldn't get angry at anybody who yeah. would ask me that. Yeah. I would just get angry at anyone who would ask me that and then not listen to my answer, which is most often what I encounter in my everyday life. Um, so there are two What ways. do you mean they don't listen? Well, yeah. So let me explain. So there are two ways that people have genuinely asked me this question in my own experience. Mm-hmm. The first way is, can you explain to me what is so unique about Christianity and why it differs? In the essence, what they're asking is, are all religions the same? That's the, that's the essential question. The other one is, someone who has not studied these things, which is never a place where we should come from when we're making a claim. You can ask a question and not know things. You hmm. cannot make a claim. And, and not know. And not have studied yeah. well, any of fair. these things. So mm-hmm. it is... It is genuinely unfair for me to judge Buddhism and Confucianism. Confucianism. See, mm-hmm. I'm not allowed. I think to, I had that yesterday at Golden Dragon. No, mm-hmm. it was good. I am not allowed. <laughs> I should not be allowed to be a a real critic of something I've never studied They've and never something studied. I've never understood. Fair, fair. I've spent probably about seven thousand hours almost studying the scriptures. So ten thousand hours is. The, the idea of the expert, I'm 23, and I've calculated I've spent about 7,000 hours studying the scriptures, reading the scriptures, talking about the scriptures, even teaching the scriptures, probably more towards 8,000 now. So I've spent that much time on this. So I have at least some authority to be able to say, well, here's what the Christian worldview says. The people who ask this question ingenuinely have not done study, and that's what I find. So if we want to deal with that, that's a totally different conversation. Hmm. But if we want to deal with the real question, which... So, yeah, before you ahead. deal with the real question, though, I, I think it's kind of interesting. Again, without getting on any high horses, it's not a bad idea to say, You're, you seem to be challenging my arrogance. And without getting into like this weird name-calling or being inappropriately disrespectful, 
it might be more arrogant to speak from a lack of understanding yeah. boldly. It's an arrogance of, of ignorance. Ignorance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to an arrogance okay. of intelligence. I think that's fair. So so if that's the question, then you really do have a lot more conversations to deal with. And usually that's coming from a person who you don't have a relationship with. Um, or at least not a relationship good enough to be able to have an authentic conversation. So let's just kind of put that to the side. That's something else. But dealing with the question in and of itself, is it arrogant for Christians to say this is the only way? Two parts to that. Yes and no. <laughs> okay? It is arrogant if we came to that conclusion outside of what our teaching and our doctrine and our scriptures say. If our teaching and our doctrine and our scriptures didn't say it explicitly, which they do, if they didn't point to it with a trajectory of interpretation, which they do, and then they fulfill that trajectory by saying it, Um, and then if the ontological necessities of a monotheistic religion... So ontological. Yeah, so... Well, Ryan, you define ontological. (laughs) You ask me. You you tell me. uh, uh, Ontological anything is it's a it's a adjective that is describing a reality that is at its most basic it's most real it's it's god's godness it's his essence yes right it is it can be no further it can be reduced no further than that Mm -hmm. ontos is the word for being uh, Greek word for being, and so it's that idea of the the study of being is the study of yeah. being. Like, what is the essence of who we are? So, what is the ontological essence then? Yeah, what is the essence of? So, here's the way that you would think about it, and people have thought this way. I mean, like Augustine forever ago, kind of thought of some of these ideas, and people even before him thought about this because people aren't stupid just because they lived four thousand years ago yeah. doesn't mean they're dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if there is some being out there, well. What if it's more than one being? Well, what does it mean to be God? Well, at its absolute essence, it's ontos, its absolute essence, it means it has to be something that is greater than all things. There can be nothing above it in the hierarchy. That's the definition of God. That is what God is, yeah. that which cannot Can't be surpassed. Can't have two of those. Which means <laughs> you do not have the ability to have two yep. gods. Yeah. You can have two things. Yeah. You can have, separ- like, that can be separated, sure. but at the hi- top of the hierarchy, there can only be one Alpha. God. Now, yeah. I know, okay, okay, let me just tell you, people are going, why can't there be? And it's outside the scope of this. Yeah. Um, but what we're saying is definitionally, yeah. if we're trying to understand this, definitionally, you can't have that. That is a religious truth sense. and a philosophical truth. Yeah, that is not, yeah. not that's why, just scripture. That's why the name of the being in which we're talking about is not God. Yeah. God is a, is a word that is used to describe people's version the of those ultimates. Yeah. And that's why we don't believe in three gods, Father, Father God, Son God, Spirit God. We believe in one God that exists in his oneness in this way, uh-huh. right? In this Trinitarian way. Yeah. So for those people who are going, well, wait a second, we believe there are three. Um, no, we don't. If no. you believe there are three gods, then you're a heretic. Like, <laughs> That's truly. modalism, Patrick. That's, and you could say, well, how come you think that? Well, because the church figured that out within three or 400 years of its existence. We already had that conversation. Just go back and look at the church councils and see how many people we kicked out. Um, So so if there is one God, okay, there has to be one being philosophically by the nature of what God means. There has to be one. If there is one God, then that God God has to have a character. He has to be, he has to have attributes that make him up, right? And so we say goodness and righteousness. And so you see that developed in the texts. 
And so we, as a people of the book, who believe that this divine ultimate sure. brought revelation and expressed it in words that people can understand, yeah. in, in even in he does things in metaphor and in um, figurative language, and he does things in narrative. He does so many different things with this book that explains more than what it says in a way is kind of a way of understanding the way narrative works. Okay. And so all of these things, because God has done this, if we're not faithful to what this says, then we are not Christians. Right? Sure. And totally. so if we don't say this has to be the only way, we're not Christians. We're not we're not following the book. Yeah. Yeah. And so in essence, if there is this divine being and he has revealed himself historically through even without this, I could prove, you know, Right. Many he he has true. interacted in history. He has yeah. inserted himself to uh, make his will happen, and those are not just things on a page, but things that have also happened. And then someone critiques and goes, "Well, no, but that's just what you believe." And you go, "I know. Yep. Yeah. Like I totally believe that. That my my point is is that's what makes this T not an S, not an I, yeah. not an X. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that. You're, you're that objection dismantles the sticker. It it really does. Yeah. It basically says when when oh, you. So when, what you're saying is they're not the same. They're yes, exactly, and they're and and uh, and truly, if that sticker is true, then mine means nothing, and you're going yeah, yeah. like if the sticker is true then mine mean, means nothing. And yes. I, I believe, and I've had these conversations actually, um, I probably have not had them with them like a true Wiccan, um, but I've had them with Jewish people. I've had them with um, people of Taoist, maybe more Hindu related. Far Eastern some, thought. Far Eastern thought, but I've had them with Muslims and they don't like this sticker. Yeah. They go, you have fundamentally caused me to ignore. I like how you said it, Mac. It is arrogant in this sense. But if it's true, it's not really arrogance. Yeah, it's just truth. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't get offended, even when a Muslim comes to me and this is what I believe, and this is because this is what our book is. I don't know if I read that as arrogance as much as I read that as conviction. Yeah. yeah. And so and they're not the same. Let me wrap this this okay. idea up. And yep. so the reason why, kind of what we talked about in the first one, the reason why we come to the conclusion, which is interesting. We do it usually post-baptism, most of us, except for maybe Ryan. Ryan came through reason and Holy Spirit experience. (laughs) Holy Spirit reason. Right? Um, Is that when you take the claims and the the history and the reality of what happened, the physical things that happened and the things that can't be explained, if you take that and you prop it up and then you throw all of the other world religions against it and say, how do these answer the four questions? What every person who does a real study of these re- of these religions will come to is four different answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And therefore, not all answers are equally right. Yeah. Sure. And everyone believes that. No one believes anything they believe to be wrong. No one. Yeah. No yeah. one can hold a wrong belief for more than maybe five seconds. My yeah. favorite my favorite accusation that I will often get is you always think you're right. And I just kind of let it sit for a second. Along with the rest of humanity. Like, if I thought I was wrong, I would have changed my mind. Sure. And even you saying that makes you think that you're right in challenging my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, can't we just sit there and go, and you think you're right, and you think you're right, and you think you're right? So, that question, what I would reduce it down to is in the end, it's cyclical. But through a cyclical question, this is why it's good to be um, of a religion that's Eastern, is through cyclical thought, I can actually show you the narrative and the story. Yeah. Yeah. Because it 
it, the way that's the way God has revealed yeah. himself. Yeah. You know? And I love how you've reminded us that we do not need to take offense at those kinds of challenges, but sure. instead see them as an opportunity to have a wonderful dialogue. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. mean, honestly, I, I, I have. I mean, I loved Ryan. You even went with me one time when we went up to Toronto and we're in a Buddhist temple. We're in a Hindu temple. We're in a Muslim mosque. And we could have honest conversations about those differences and those similarities between our religions. Um, they were very civil. They were very, yeah. I think we were sowing goodwill. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and actually, it was helpful for me to learn, like you just said, Mackenzie. I'm not trying to throw these things at people and go, that's dumb or they're stupid. No, they're not. They're very intelligent. And these religions have been, have been really thought through. Yeah. Yeah. Christianity comes along and says, I don't think you answer this right. Mm -hmm. I don't think you answer this right. Um, and and I, I said to a, a, a Buddhist monk, uh, well, he was I guess he wasn't a monk. He was just a, a man of the Buddhist faith who led us on a tour. Yeah. His name was Jason. And as I'm leaving, I said, uh, hey, you know, you do realize that our system fits as a subset of yours. Like you you kind of walk, we walk away and you go, yeah, you know, you're, you're Christians and good luck with your karma. Yeah, mm -hmm. and good luck with you kind of going through the process of constantly trying to learn in goodness, and and they believe in this reincarnation idea, yeah. and the truth is, is that the only reason why he had any appreciation or respect for our, for our way of thinking was it fit as a subset of his. Mm. Yeah, and he even admitted to that. Mm -hmm. And I said, but by the way, this is where yours gets some some things wrong. I challenged him with the exclusive nature of Christ, and really hope that he kind of got it. So then that's kind of where that looks like, which means that if you, Justin, tell me if I'm wrong, Christians believe that if you get this right um, and by faith, trust in Jesus Christ, you get eternal life. If you don't know this, if you do not accept this, then you do not get eternal life with God through, Je through Jesus, correct? Yeah, I think a helpful wow. way for people is attaching yourself to what God got right. It really helps us move beyond the sure. I'm, it's about me. It's Justin versus way. Jason in Toronto. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We've yep. talked, yeah, it's going back to how we ended last episode that God has an opinion of you. Yep. Right. It's that he loves you, but that he, because he's just, he's going to make the right call. And the only way he can make a call other than you are being condemned forever is that you have said, I am giving my full trust, allegiance, love, devotion to you. And that means trusting and emulating Jesus walking by the spirit in this new life. So that's a tough truth. Anybody just kind of feeling the weight of that? Like if you believe in Jesus, that's great. And if not, then God, however you want to use the terminology, sends you to, uh, permits you, allows you, gives them the, gives you the freedom to enjoy your rejection of him. However you want to term mm -hmm. that you end up in the bad place. Mm -hmm. That's why we're going to Poland. Yeah. Because yeah. Poland's the bad place? Wow, Mac. It is a slight manifestation of the bad place <laughs> in the physical world, Justin. They have had a colorful history. It has been rough. But you can understand why God gets that critique. Sounds yeah. Sounds pretty mean. How yeah. can you claim he's a loving God yeah. if he's willing to do something that seems so unloving, Ryan? So how yeah, do you do yeah, that? Yeah. How do you do that? Well, I love it when the scriptures just deal with its like the tension in in the question. And and there's this passage in um, in First Timothy chapter two, the very beginning, very few first few verses. I'm gonna read it and you're gonna hear both a a claim for the worldwide love of God and then immediately following an, a claim for the exclusive path toward him being through Christ. So here's what the Apostle Paul says. He says in 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, First of all, then, I urge that supplications or requests 
prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. Actually, many of these will be like, that sounds great. (laughs) We are on board for that. Yes. Verse 3. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? There's that that overwhelming love of God for all people. Verse 5. For there is one God, and there is one mediator Mm -hmm. between God and men, the man uh, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all which is the testimony given at the proper time. Hmm. So Paul says, it's, it's like he's vacillating back and forth. He says, it's for all. God loves all. He's given a, a, a path for all, but it's, it's through this one. And so, you know, to, to the claim, we'll make the claim, Jesus <laughs> is the only way to God for all. Yep. And the, with, with very little, like, exception, the, 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 um, the antagonists, initial objection is that seems so restrictive hmm. and I, my question is maybe we're looking at this in the wrong sense you're looking at it as restrictive what if we went to say just even the biblical world and what they were marveling at is wow god desires that all he has made a yeah. way for all mm-hmm. yeah. we we go restrictive and it, and and they say the scriptures testify all are welcomed by god yeah now, that doesn't solve the, the question of, well, maybe, maybe God still isn't good because the, the, the very next objection is, but not everybody has an opportunity. Not everybody has an opportunity. And I will say that is fair. That is, I, I don't want to argue against that. I think that's that a good question, you mean? Yes, that yeah. is a great question. Yep. There are many throughout the history of the world that have not had an opportunity. That's a fair critique. But I will say what you're arguing for with that critique is something that does not exist. There is no process um, that aims to solve a universal problem that is universally known. There is no such thing. Not everybody knows of any one of these. I mean, Abraham could never have known of what Confucius would have taught or of the the concept that all human beings are simply fine. He had no opportunity. So there is, I want to repeat that, there is no such thing as a a process that aims to solve a universal problem that is universally known. So Christianity's problem is that not everybody knows the, the, the way, the process toward the desired future. Every other system has the exact same problem. Sure. So even... If I hear what you're saying right, so even the idea, let's just call it a doctrine, the teaching that everyone is okay just as they are, live in harmony, right? The idea of the coexist. Yeah. Yep. That not everyone even knows that idea. No. <laughs> and so. Sure, that's a, that is, is a radical idea for say, most of the world If we today. say coexist is yeah. our doctrine, okay, but Muslims who have never heard of the way that people think in the West, they don't have access to that. So how yeah. are they supposed to? So the, you're if saying you're providing the problem, this as a new concept, when when was the sticker made? In the 80s? So probably? salvation was was most of human history printed, never heard of this. Printed in the 80s. Yeah, that's yeah. what we're saying. Yeah, I it, never thought of it. It's, that way. It is a, awesome. it is a logically incoherent like uh, a claim. Yeah, and now and yet I would say it is a. It is a fair critique. The 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 uh, the genesis of the critique, or the aim of the critique, in terms of saying, well, because these other ways are universally available. I would just say that that's 
just not true. That is patently oh, sure. untrue. Sure. So, but we, we still come back to this idea of how can a good God offer a plan of redemption? I, I'm, I'm actually getting away from plan of salvation because I think it's a bit of a loaded term. Um, um, not that I would disparage salvation used properly, but I think that it gets our minds too much on heaven as some removed thing. But I, I think that a, a universal plan of redemption is a, a little more robust way of talking about it. But how can a good God offer a plan of redemption that would never include everyone? And we make claims that he desires that everyone would, would, would be saved. Yeah. Sometimes this is the point where Christians throw up the mystery card. <laughs> and, and I get that. I wonder if we should save that card for a little later in the discussion and just sure. say, okay, before we get too angry at God for having a plan that was never going to include everyone, let's just talk about what he's like. Let's let's delve back into yeah. his character. Yep, going back to even the standard idea. He's good. He is perfectly righteous. He cannot lie. He cannot sin. He's perfectly powerful. He is all-knowing. He is transcendent over all things, including time, by the way. But you're still going to, for lack of a better phrase, put your finger in his chest and say, I feel like there's some holes in your system. To that one, to that that transcendent being that is perfectly good and holy, and that and again, I'm I'm creeping around the mystery question, but what I'm actually saying is I'm appealing to a transcendent being that thinks at a level infinitely greater than I can, mm -hmm. and I don't think that I'm a bad thinker in this area. Um, I, I would just say whoever has thought through this the most and and said, well, I, I think that God is unfair. I would just say his character says he's not. So the, 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 the rub is in me. Like the, the lack mm -hmm. of information is mm -hmm. in me, not in him. Yes, according to the text. The problem in the understanding is not God's plan. The problem is my, a, my ability to comprehend that. Yes. And to see the full picture that we yeah. just will never be able to see. Yeah, and you brought up a great point. All I'm doing is appealing to the text. And... Um, uh, what what we then have to recognize about human beings who are religious or irreligious or you know secular or however you want to describe yourself you have an authority to which you will appeal i really really trust mine it's not just that i like mine mine actually confronts me all the time yeah yep. <laughs> um, sometimes it, it doesn't make me feel good yeah <laughs> and so like one of the reasons that i trust my authority because is, is because it doesn't always agree with me um, and if my authority always agrees with me, then I, I probably, well, you're the, you are the, authority. Yeah, you are the authority. I've created something. So. And you're capable See, and, of self-deception. Well, here's, here's the other thing that I think is important is that let's say, and there's been Christians who've tried to, to try to moderate this, who's literally tried to say, okay, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. Let's, let's hear that, that difficult text, that difficult idea that Jesus is the only way, and let's kind of open the door and let's kind of change our understanding of, so we want to keep Jesus Maybe what he did on the cross made peace, but you don't really have to put your faith in him. Just try to be a good person. So the means of salvation really isn't his righteousness, but it's us doing the best that we can with the light that we have. And so we come up to these. I got into this conversation with uh, in our life group, and somebody was asking, you know, like, don't you think that if everybody's just kind of a good person and that just kind of works? And I asked this question, then why did Jesus come? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't mm -hmm. need him in the process, What's the point? then his death seems pointless to me. 
and then therefore the idea of Christianity just disassembles. When I and I I I, I can I, I I've said a lot of crazy things in my life. Dialing it back and just for the sake of um, being gracious, I get what Rob Bell was trying to do with Love Wins. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I understand the heart behind it. The problem is, is that you just get a different kind of unfair. Mm-hmm. So some right. people go, it's unfair that not everybody gets a chance to, or it's unfair. <laughs> I go, okay, tell you what, um, Mother Teresa and Hitler both get heaven, and Genghis Khan. Anybody else kind of just stand up and go, really? Yeah. Like it doesn't matter how I live my. I can do what. Well, no, 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 no. But okay. So then, where do you draw the line? Yeah. So and no you have matter to draw the line somewhere. So no matter what system we create, I promise you that if enough people believe it, somebody is going to come along and go, hey, I was thinking, I don't know if that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like that never stops. Yeah. Because really what many of us are saying is, I don't think I like the implications of the of the world that I'm living in. I don't like the implications of what that book is trying to say. I don't like the implications of the fact that I'm not the one who's God. I had this conversation on Sunday after I was done preaching. Somebody was just describing their frustration with just the way things are. And I said, yeah, I can't get over the fact that I'm not God too. Because that's really what it is. Yeah, like in, yeah. a, in a nutshell, yep. it's if I were God, I would do it this way. And I don't like the fact that mm-hmm. I'm not the one in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's Adam and Eve eating a fruit. Mm-hmm. That's you, you go right back into that moment. I think I, I think if I were God, I would handle the salvation question better. I would handle the standard question better. And I'm going... I'm glad you're not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're we're kind of getting at the end, and in, in, in literally as we kind of wrap this up, um, what are some each of you pick like an impl- what is an implication to this on you? Mm-hmm. An implication of the exclusive claims of Christ, the exclusive claims of Christianity, what the coexist bumper sticker gets wrong gets gets wrong means what? Mac, I'm just going to jump at you. You said so. We're going to Poland. Yeah, and we're going to Poland because I think the deepest implication that this has to me is if. Christianity is the only way, Christianity is the truth because we believe in him who is truth, then I need to spend my entire life dedicated to understanding that and telling it to others. Okay. So that's the broadest picture. Poland is a specific application, yeah, but yeah. it's like I'm going to spend as much time as I can studying, understanding, and teaching. And honestly, one of the reasons why you feel compelled to go to Poland is, well, at the very core of it, it's God's called you there. Yeah. Um, but you see a real need in Poland because there's a lot of people, mm-hmm. like a lot of people that need to hear it. Yeah. Christianity is not thriving there. And you're saying, yeah, I could either stay here where Christianity is doing a little better, so to speak. Yeah. But I feel God is calling me to this place mm-hmm. where the tr- exclusive claims of Christ need to be said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Justin? Um, resting in the freedom and the beauty that comes from God's plan. Uh that truly it is freeing knowing it's not based on the sweat of my brow, the ter- my eternal destiny. Mm. That it's a beautiful thing that God created me, loved me in spite of me and my wickedness, which I know, I know how broken I was and that he chose to die on the cross. This, the, how, how, how freeing and beautiful that is. And then that he's given this, has a desire for all people to come to a knowledge of the truth and that he has a plan to make that truth known to people. It's not like he has this truth in this way and he's keeping it over here so that only a few can have it. No, he's 
sending Max into Poland and gems from Canada into Stillwater to help others to to use us to mm-hmm. to work through us so that others might come into this and just how again I don't know how you can get to this is a this is a bad god yeah and don't this you don't you love claim. don't you love the uh the hilarity of the people that com- that that complain that not all get to hear this message are those that heard it <laughs> and rejected well, it. And don't yeah. want it. Don't yeah. want it. And those who don't want to feel the compulsion to go tell others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, man, I'd, I'd really rather watch football this weekend than, than reorganize my life mm-hmm. so that I spend it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got friends that it's really frustrating for them because they're in Africa and they have to watch um, their favorite football team play in the middle of the night. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so it's it's kind of interesting, but they're like, yeah, but in the end, that's nothing because these truth claims about Jesus matter more. Brian, mm-hmm. what implication? Um, if he's the only Savior, he's also the only Lord. And so a, a natural implication is a, a radical call to obedience and faithfulness to him and devotion to him. Um, and that looks like a lot more than dedicating your life to vocational ministry. It, it looks like forsaking your favorite football team for for his sake whatever that might may be there's this is not just a process towards a preferred future it is a it has very real now implications on how i live so different application or different implications which are applications right so and it's funny because they're not all about evangelism justin you're talking about this piece that you have inside of you you're talking about this absolute surrender ryan mac you're talking more of in the evangelistic so you're not disagreeing with that one you're going no. i agree with that one i agree with that one let me add one more i'm going to give you a weird one um i i kenny bowles my my greek professor said to us one time yeah he would just say to us and it was such a blessing he would say especially when we have the truth then we also have the obligation to show an amazing amount of like grace or kindness mm-hmm. to those who do not. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, this sticker is going, you people that think you have it right and everybody else is wrong, you're acting like jerks. Yeah. Like you're just arrogant and mean and you're angry. And if you just Google that coexist bumper sticker, look at the number of people who who preach against it who are just like mean. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not talking about um, speaking the truth and it hurts. I'm not, that, that's that's not mean. That's that's actually helpful. But I'm talking about what what an implications of the exclusive claims of Jesus Christ is that if it is true, I don't need to get angry about it. I need to have the same compassion that He has. I need to have the same understanding that He has and extend that grace. Yeah, because that, that person was bought with the same price that, that I was uh, bought. that I was bought. Yeah, there's so, an inherent. Um, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? value yeah there's an inherent value in that sure and therefore and and remember that i'm not mad at anybody as as an unspiritual person uh short of the holy spirit's work in them they do not have the ability to hear the truth i and i I can't have arrogance because i received it by grace yeah so i look at the implications of the exclusive claims of jesus christ and it just says remember how you got this yeah and therefore experience the peace complete surrender Share it as much as you can wherever you're going, Canada, United States, Poland, and in the end, do it in the manner of Christ as well, mm-hmm. who was so unbelievably loving and gracious and sacrificial in everything that he did. So I look at that sticker and I just I ache for those people who don't get it. And me being mad about it um, probably isn't going to help the situation, but yeah. me being responsive to who God is and to help them understand that truth, that's the big deal. There we go. Two a uh, little bit longer podcasts, but a uh, huge topic. 
Um, please send your questions, comments, all that kind of stuff to us. We love you guys. We're grateful for you tuning in, and we look forward to our next Consider This with you.